Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another incredible guest episode. I am so excited because we're talking to another psychic medium today. We're talking with Sarah Ray. She's a manifestation coach and she teaches mystical women to manifest with purpose using her unique four-phase approach, which I totally want to pick your brain about, Sarah. (laughs) Um, She's the host of the Spiritually Inspired Podcast, where she explores the world of metaphysics so that her listeners can dive deep into their own spiritual truth, find what resonates, and leave everything that doesn't behind. She's also an author and a crystal Reiki master. Sarah, welcome to the pod podcast. I'm stuttering now. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Mads. I am excited to chat with you again. It was a pleasure having you on my podcast to talk yes. about some contracts. So yes. I'm really excited to be here chatting with I'm you again. Gonna, yeah, me too. I'm going to link your podcast below so that the people can listen to it. You know, it's the similar yeah. themes, different insights, different perspectives. Thank you. So and your episode there. on there is amazing. Like you dropped Thank some you. knowledge bombs and answered a lot of my questions. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. I'm hoping you can answer some of mine today because I'm I'm here. Really, really curious. Um, Selfishly want to start off with the whole psychic medium thing because I love connecting to people who are like myself. So like, tell me your story. Like, how did you know you were a psychic medium? When did it happen? Tell me the gritty details. Yeah. You know, I don't think I actually had the words for it until like maybe like five or six years ago, seven-ish, maybe max years ago. But I've always been interested in religion and spirituality. Um, Mm. and I have always been also really fascinated with the afterlife. Like my first run in with death was when my great grandfather died when I was like five, I think. Um, and that was like the first death I experienced. And I actually have lost, unfortunately, a lot of people. So I'm not stranger to grieving and it's just kind of always been there. Um, and I've I don't know. I've just kind of always been interested with them. Like, yeah, I grieved, especially when I was a child, but at the same time, I was like, so what's happening here? Like it kind of like sparked an interest. And I've also been always interested in building a meaningful connection with God and the universe. Like we went to church growing up and um, I got, you know, baptized a couple of times, once Lutheran and once Catholic. Um, so that was always really important to me. So it's always been there. And my mom has always been really supportive. So she's also Ah. pretty psychic. My sister is as well. Um, my grandma was open to things. One of my grandmas was open to things, but my mm-hmm. other grandma was very connected to God as well. So it's just always okay. been there. I've, I was very fortunate in the sense that I never like shut down my psychic abilities because it was never weird in my family. It was just a totally normal. Oh, grandpa's here. Cool. Hey, oh <laughs> like, it was never, it was never really a taboo. So I was very that, fortunate. That is such a fortunate experience because it's yeah. not like that with, I would say the majority of mediums yeah. like and, and psychics, it's like, it's really taboo and like, don't talk about those things. Yeah. I am curious though, because you're bringing in the religious aspect to it. And I feel like there are a lot of, there are a lot of restrictions when it comes to psychic and spiritual gifts. So how has your family and yourself gone about allowing that to be the greater truth in your experience within the religious community? How has that been received? How have you navigated that? Yeah. You know, we don't really, um, stick with those labels anymore. Okay. Especially not within the last like 10 years. Okay. But when we were growing up, like my mom brought us to a Lutheran church and I think she, 
we don't really talk about it in these words, but I do think she kind of had a sort of a spiritual awakening and I kind of did at the time too. We just didn't have the words for it. Okay. And I was just like, you know, I'm just kind of done with this. And my mom was like, okay, me too. So we just kind of uh, stopped. And, and okay. then like within a couple of years, um, I had experienced loss a couple more times. And then I turned in my, my greatest hour of need in high school. I was in 10th grade. I was 16. Cause I was able to drive myself. I don't know what grade I was in, okay. but my dad had just passed. My dad had just passed away and wow. I, um, was just, you know, obviously devastated and broke heartbroken, but I turned to God and the Catholic church. And that was very comforting. Okay. Um, and that was probably how I lived like the last like chunk of my high school experience. But what you brought up here, like the labels and the rules and yeah. stuff really started showing themselves when I entered college. And it's kind of, I don't mean to say this in a condescending way at all, but I took a very specific psychology and like critical reasoning course sure. that made me think about some of the things I was told about the Catholic church that made me question things. Yes. Um, so I, it just, I just realized what um the agenda of a lot of modern religious people is and yes. I believe that the heart of all religion is muddied but it's still there and there are plenty yes. of people like some of the most wonderful people I've ever known oh have considered 100%. themselves Christian or you know Muslim or whatever yeah and that's great they are their connection to God is manifesting in that way and it's beautiful but I also I yes. will point out that some of the most genuinely evil people I've ever known are also have been that. God God right. driven people. Yeah. Right. Or they think they are. Like they that's their version of how they perceive God. So yeah. I don't want to say that they're wrong, but it's just there's so much it's contributing to how you how you build that connection. And so yeah, labels are too much for me. So I don't okay. we don't really stick with those labels at all anymore. Um okay. I even I don't even really like the new age or metaphysics and I hate the term woo-woo. I never use that because that <laughs> even they use is, that like, all limiting. the time. <laughs> <laughs> I use it all the time, but I use it in the sense of like um you're not doing it in a mean way no I'm saying yeah. like oh guys I'm gonna get really woo woo here <laughs> like in like a I'm about to like speak some like esoteric shit that you're yes. gonna like get mind blown about and people are gonna think that I need to be in a psych ward um, <laughs> but I use it in like a I guess a reclaiming of it of the awesome. word we need um, that because I definitely have mostly hear it in a derogatory way especially yeah. to outsiders to the muggles out there yeah you know? the muggles that's such a great way to refer to them honestly like yeah. bless them um yeah. but that's so interesting with religion especially because um like I was born baptized raised catholic went to catholic school and you know learning more about spirituality like the witch trials were at the hands of the catholics so right. it's just kind of like uh, I was just curious like how you navigated that but this makes this makes so much sense that you're you've kind of uh, moved away from the labels and it's more so just connection with God and the yes. universe and yourself. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I've got friends, actually, I think the majority of my friends um, have like a, a strong religious association, but it's in a very spiritual sense. So I think it just depends on the person mm -hmm. and are like, are they within connecting to love and autonomy and just all the good things that we want people to experience in this lifetime and not the restrictions and the labels and that you can do this and the whole God-fearing principle. Like, I don't know, maybe this would be a little bit off topic, but the God-fearing principle in, in a lot of religions, like why would you have to fear God if he's unconditionally or she or he or they are unconditionally loving? You know, like that just never made sense to me with Catholicism. I'm like, why do I have to be afraid of? I totally agree. <laughs> I came to the very similar conclusion and I didn't like being separated from God. Like yeah. I could only talk to God in the church and that was because I had already had so many psychic experiences. I just simply knew that wasn't true. Exactly. Um, so yeah. th that just didn't feel right. 
Yeah, I hear you. Cause you can tell when you feel the presence of, you can call it the universe, God, source, yeah, however you whatever want to you want. Name, I don't care. name the energy, but you can feel the presence. And I feel like that whole, and the ideology is, I'm loving where astrology is at with the great awakening right now, but it's oh, obviously yes. moving away from these kinds of um, these structures and systems of like, you have to confess to a priest and it's like, Who's the priest confessing to? Because the priest has done a lot more shit than I have. I promise you that. Right? <laughs> right. And you know what else helped me kind of conceptualize where my spirituality fit in with religion was learning about its history. I yeah. love history. I'm like a total amateur history buff, but learning love specifically um, how pagans became Christians and like studying that part of history. Whoa. So maybe about a thousand years ago and the crusades and these sorts of things and just having a better understanding of where, where what we perceive as you know Catholicism right now came from really helped me get to like the root of what was true and where where I felt religion was meant to be not what it's become so that was personally quite helpful for me yeah I think that's super interesting for anyone listening who's like trying to kind of navigate their awakening through religion I get a lot of questions about that I feel like Sarah might be a good resource for you guys maybe she can <laughs> chat with you and give you all this like history information um pagans is a type of witchcraft is it not it's like a uh, well, now that you're thinking of neo-pagan, so oh. I love, okay. okay, this is not my area of expertise, but I will <laughs> tell you, I'm really, I'm, this is like my personal spiritual practice here. Mm. Like I talk a lot about esoteric things on my podcast, but this is like my personal spiritual okay. practice here. So okay. what you're thinking of neo-pagan definitely resonates with me a lot, but it's hard to separate pagans and Christianity like a thousand years ago because they just religion just wasn't separated from their daily lives like it just was okay. it just existed wow. with them so okay. the catholics were the ones that gave them the labels pagan mm. um, and they were really all about connecting with the earth because yep. they understood that they were i don't want to say at the mercy because that kind of brings like the god fearing yeah thing, but they they had no choice but to live in tune with nature and they relied on nature and they had to build that relationship with it and to them because it was an unseen force that was out of their control and you know they didn't have support depending on how much conspiracy you want to get into yeah. their <laughs> level of technology and whatnot was not where it is now where they can understand things from a scientific level higher right how we would perceive it today they had to come to certain conclusions and it just was like oh the wind is also god you know i I'm also a guy it just wasn't separated yeah. from them and it wasn't until um you know crusades started happening and all those you know tyrants and monarchs and stuff did more organized religion happening after the common era started so again yeah. I'm not that's not my area of expertise no it's but how, it's, that's just what I've gathered from it so but it's so interesting and I think I mean I think at the majority of people, I know the most of people listening to the podcast will say on some level that religion has become a business. Like it's like an industry. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Um, that's definitely, that's so interesting with the paganism. I'm going to have to look into that. That's like really yeah. like the elementals and everything like that. I like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So. And druids are another super interesting thing that helped me a lot with my Ooh. psychic mediumship understanding. Okay. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I'm not super well versed in the druids. You know, there was a podcast episode I did on my podcast, probably like a year and a half ago with a woman who specifically channels druids. Okay. And that was absolutely amazing. Wow. Uh, I can't remember exactly what episode it was. I want to say it was low, like in like the sixties of the spiritually okay. inspired podcast. Okay. I will try and find a link and send it to you. If you want to know more about druids. For sure. She's where you need to go. Okay. <laughs> I will send you to that episode. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Just in case people are like interested and we will let them dive into it. And yeah, yeah. that's just so interesting. Um, 
And so when did your psychic mediumship, as you're going through the spiritual process, your awakening, really honing into your gifts, how did you um, find yourself being led to crystal Reiki specifically? Yeah. So, um, in college, I kind of discovered like a new age woo-woo metaphysical store. Okay. It, lived, it was across the street from like where my best friend lived. And we were like always in there, like poking around in the crystals and stuff. And I just got like super into it because it just called to me, right? Like who doesn't love pretty shiny rocks? And of course, I just like, became obsessed with it. And I was obsessed with like gathering all the crystals and learning about them. And I became a certified crystal healer in 2016 through like a continuing education program. Okay. Um, and after I kind of worked with crystals for a year ish or so, I sort of discovered Reiki, but honestly, I cannot really tell you exactly how it entered my life. It just kind of showed up Wow. And just kind of there. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that before where you're like, I'm not really sure how I met this person. I don't really know how oh, this came to be, but here it is. That was my business. That was literally like, I was like, oh, now I do this. Okay. It just like kind of like weaseled its way into my life. And I was like, didn't really realize I was starting a business in this like a spiritual <laughs> business, but it's just kind of here. So yeah, I totally, amazing. I totally get that. Um, what is crystal Reiki? Like what, what exactly are you doing? What are the the mechanics of that energetically? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> uh, let me start off by explaining just a little bit about what crystals are. So crystals have a very special and specific molecular blueprint structure. And they're a lot, their molecules are aligned like perfectly, essentially. Okay. And that makes them resonate at very specific frequencies. Right. And these frequencies resonate with various emotions and traits and, and remedies and chakras, different areas of the aura, yeah. all kinds of things. Um, so each crystal promotes a certain quality based on its molecular blueprint, right? And there's like general qualities, like typically in how you perceive it too. I feel like lighter colored crystals tend to be very light. They like in energy, they tend to resonate with the higher chakras and like yes. higher frequency vibrations yep. while like the darker energy or the darker energies, not the darker energies, the darker crystals <laughs> have uh, stronger energies that resonate longer, more with the lower chakras. So yes. general, generally speaking, that's kind of what you can consider for crystal energy. So sure. Reiki is source energy. So it's another word for love and light. Yep. Um, it is the deepest resonance of the universe. It is pure love and light. Um, and it's as pure as you can possibly get. That energy radiates directly from like the heart of source. Like if you want to talk about source, we're talking about Reiki energy. So it's there in okay. my words, in my world are synonyms. So Reiki is a form of energy healing in which a practitioner channels this universal life force energy that is love, that's pure light yeah. through their body into the body of the recipient. And that recipient could literally be anything. It could be alive or, you know, an in, supposedly inanimate object it could be an animal, could be literally anything could be infused with Reiki. Um, and that triggers the flow of that recipient's own life force energy, even if it is an inanimate object. And that results in healing and restoring balance within the body. It results in kind of uh, anchoring certain intentions. So if you wanted to give an uh, inanimate object Reiki, you can infuse it with a Reiki intention and clear out its energy, that sort of thing. So, okay. um, yeah. So really what Reiki is doing is in it's activating your own innate healing ability, similar to when your car gets jumped. Like it's, it's very similar. Um, I like that analogy. That's really yeah. great. I like okay. analogies. <laughs> I'm with you. So, 
we come up with weird ones on this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> It's a little silly. So I like that because that actually makes a lot of sense. Yes. I, yeah, I feel like your body can relate to a car so much. Um, so yeah, when we combine crystals and Reiki together, it gives us more to work with essentially. So the energy, the Reiki energy, I kind of see it as the base as okay. like the background or like the vanilla it's, it's the dough, so to speak, before you put all the toppings on top, which are the other crystals, it's right. just kind of general healing energy, which is also just purely by itself, extremely powerful and can do everything. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so when we throw in crystals in there, we're, we're basically throwing in a very specific intention into the mix. And that is where the manifesting comes in because mm. we are specifically selecting crystals that help us embody certain energies. That's fabulous. Oh, I love that. Like, it's kind of like specializing the frequency, yeah. like the energy into something very, very particular. Um, yeah. I, I am curious and I feel like the, the mind's listening. Some, someone's asking, you said that with Reiki energy, it, it is source energy that moves through the practitioner and into the recipient, whether that's a person or an object or an animal. So let's say we're working with people here just to keep it simple. What if, like, how do you avoid energetic transference? Like the source is moving through you as a conduit, as a medium to this other person, but how, how are you assuring that your energy is not like, I don't want to say contaminating because like assuming like your energy is clear too, but do you get what I mean? Like, I feel I like some people would be weary of that. Uh, yeah. And rightfully so. Um, that is a great question. If it takes practice, okay. um, very similar to when you are, a beginning psychic medium, you're learning to set your boundaries. Yes. It's very similar as a Reiki <laughs> practitioner. You're you're setting certain boundaries because what's a very important indication about a, a strong Reiki practitioner versus someone who might not know what they're doing is that mm -hmm. you're not giving your energy. That's not what we're doing. We're not, I'm not giving you my life force. I'm okay. simply acting as like the outlet. <laughs> In yeah, which literally. you receive it. Yeah, exactly. The conduit. That's yeah. what, that's the definition of the word. So um, I make sure that I'm not giving you my energy just through practice and also just knowing I am pulling down the Reiki and I'm giving it to you. Like I'm not reaching into me to give it to you. I'm pulling it down. That's how I visualize it anyway. And that's how I keep it separate. Also, yeah. when for the, for the um, practitioner, they are also receiving Reiki as they are giving Reiki. Oh, so beautiful. Be yeah. So because there's such an abundance of energy, when I pull it down, some is there for me and then I can give it to the recipient as well. So okay. even if I were to like, I don't know how you would accidentally do this, but if you, I, if some of my energy were to seep into somebody else's energy and contaminate it, it would still be full of Reiki, if that makes sense. So, okay. Um, and okay. Yeah, yeah, to avoid that contamination, it's really important just spiritual hygiene in general. Yeah. It's just a really good thing to keep doing. Keep yourself grounded, keep yourself clear. And even yeah. if, like I said, even if they do seep over, it's not like it's going to be anything bad. And that person also will have their own barrier of protection. Like everyone has a natural air barrier of protection. And yes. you can also set the intention that this person is only receiving love and light healing and, yes. and only for their highest good. And then it would be impossible for anything that's not for their highest good to go into their aura. Yeah, exactly. So I think let's talk about that, like um, energetic hygiene, because I, that's not something that I've touched on too much on the podcast, but I think is so important. Yeah. What would you recommend to beginners who are listening or like how, like what is energetic hygiene? How do I take care of it? Like, what do I do? Absolutely. Uh, so people might immediately think of like cleansing, like, you yeah. know, smudge sticks, singing bowls, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And all, all that is really good as well. That's like, 
that's like when you wipe down the countertop analogy. <laughs> that's when you like wipe sure. down the countertop, right? Yeah. Uh, but then when you get into like cleaning, when you do a deep clean, where you're like scrubbing the grout with the toothbrush, that <laughs> is like your grounding. That is your meditation. And oh. that is consistency. Like imagine if you only cleaned your kitchen like once a month, how hard oh. that would be. You It would not get clean, right? I mean, not to say that I do that. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. <laughs> Oh, no, that's oh, yeah. such a, that's such a great, um, analogy to use. So basically guys meditate earthing, mm-hmm. put your feet yes. bare on the ground. I know it's still kind of wintry out. You've written a really big storm right now. So like oh, maybe God. you can't do that yet, it's but coming down right now. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, I think those are, are some really key practices. It's not just about like lighting the incense and, and singing ohm. It's about, yeah. um, getting into into connection with your mind and your body and allowing your own healing energy to move through you, I think too, because I don't know if you share the same belief, Sarah, but Reiki qualified or not, I think everyone, the way that I have understood it from my connection to sources, everyone has healing hands that can heal themselves. So like you just place your hands somewhere, whether you're certified in Reiki or not, obviously Reiki is a lot more powerful and it allows you to work with source, but your own hands and energy can heal yourself as well. Absolutely. And I've experienced that too. One of the most profound readings I've ever had that predicted my pregnancy accurately and on time, by the way. So this was a couple years ago now, but she did not call it Reiki, but it was energy healing and it was very powerful. Um, And I know now she's that practitioner is still not certified in Reiki. So I don't know what you would call it energy healing, but yeah, everyone absolutely has this ability. And I I have another analogy for you. It's like your, (laughs) your physical athleticism abilities. Like some people may be like naturally really athletic, right? But everyone, you know, generally speaking, everyone has the ability to walk, right? So, but everyone is not going to be a crazy athlete, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it's very similar with energy healing. Um, You know, Usain Bolt might be considered like Reiki level energy healing, but everyone can tap into source and and give good thoughts. At, At the very least, you can pray for somebody and that does wonders. Yeah, I think that's super cool too. If we want to kind of go back to the whole religion and manifestation thing, um, prayer is really just manifestation at its finest. Like they have different words, but it's the same thing. Um, And whenever you set good intentions for someone, I mean, literally like that's just helping. It's just putting good energy out there. So absolutely. And you can't do any harm with any of this. So it's never... It's never harmful or never unsafe to offer this sort of healing for people. Yeah, it's literally just love. Like, yep. like <laughs> love doesn't thoughts. Love doesn't hurt, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absence of love does, but uh, yes. love itself does not hurt. Um, what are some common blockages that you see in human beings when it comes to crystal reiki? Like, what? Like, if you were to look at like a dozen clients, like, what's a commonality that they might all share? I am so excited about this question. This is <laughs> such an important question. Okay. okay and I, okay, so just a little bit of a preface. I have a Facebook group where I go live multiple times a week and I give free crystal reiki. Oh, and wow. to uh for everyone who requests to join, there's like uh membership questions that you have to answer. I'm yeah. sure you might you might be familiar. Um the, one of the questions you have to answer is what is your biggest roadblock right now? Like what's preventing you from manifesting? So people okay. are directly telling me, all these mystical women are directly telling me that Um, It's fear, time, and health are the most common themes. Like they obviously all say it in their own words, but I would say those three things, it boils down to fear or feel uh, issues with time management, whether they feel like they have no, not enough time or they don't know what to do with their time or the health 
either lacking health or needing to improve health or something like that. And then when I actually start working with them, what I come to realize is that most people genuinely don't believe that their ultimate dream life is possible, whether that is a self-worth thing or a money mindset thing or whatever other conditioned beliefs. Most people who find me wanting to manifest their dreams subconsciously think that their dreams aren't actually possible. So when we use crystal Reiki and other various coaching techniques to dissolve these old patterns of behavior and those mindsets and those beliefs, because they aren't serving you, we replace them with ones that do that reinforce the belief that your manifestation is possible. So I would say that's the number one roadblock is believing that it's possible. Oh my God. That is so synchronistic with the work that I do a hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like it's just a collective thing Mm -hmm. where people are like, I, I, how is that even possible? How will I even do that? It's not, I can't do that. I'm not worthy of it. There are so many limiting beliefs that could contribute to this. And usually it's some sort of cluster of a few of them, For sure. Um, but that's so interesting that you're also seeing that in your work. What is, what is the biggest fear that people have of, of man trying to manifest their, their dream life? What is it that typically comes up without obviously divulging like client confidentiality? Oh yeah, no, obviously <laughs> no. But this is really common theme. So I'm sure people resonate with this too. So people, I feel like don't even realize that they don't think that their dream is possible. So that's like buried so deep that they don't even realize that's a limiting belief. So they're not even like really afraid, knowing what they're afraid of. Okay. I I feel like people tell me that they're afraid of change. They're afraid of what other people might think. Mm, They're afraid of, you know, not being able to make pay bills. They're afraid of a lot of like 3D things. Yes. A lot of earthly things. Yes. But when we start getting into the work of it, it's all kinds of things, fear of success or, you know, fear of embracing something different, fear of breaking karma, fear of being uncomfortable, all kinds of things. But yeah, it's, it can really boil down to just fear, (laughs) just fear, the the human, the human condition of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It really is fight or flight um, for most people. So would you say that that blockage is mostly coming from like the root chakra or is it the lower chakras in general? Ooh. Yeah, I would definitely say it's the lower chakras for sure. Not the like feet chakras, like the grounding no, chakras, yeah. but the, yeah, the root chakra. The root. Yeah, because when I channel for our uh, free crystal Reiki in our groups, often affirmations along the lines of I am safe, it is safe to manifest, it is safe to have money always come up Oh, pretty much without fail every single time I channel a Reiki meditation. Because I feel like people do need to understand that it's safe. And people have told me like, wow, I've never thought that it could be safe. Or I didn't even know I needed to hear that. So people don't really feel safe. No. And I mean, it's kind of hard whenever there's like a new trauma happening in the news or 15 traumas happening in the news every week, not to take away from the horrible things that happen on this planet. They're obviously Mm -hmm. horrible things that happen, but just constantly bombarded with things. It's like the... 90% of the collective is in a fight or flight state and they don't even realize they're in a fight or flight state. Um, so that, that's so, yeah, that, that makes me like a little sad for the human collective, you know, but it's like, that's why we're here doing the work that we do. Um, Absolutely. And people are capable of all kinds of amazing things. They just don't believe that they are because helplessness is a learned is a learned trait. Like humans yeah. aren't inherently helpless. They're inherently motivated. Yes. So when we get berated with things over and over and we lose our autonomy, you mentioned autonomy earlier in the first yeah. one, when that's gone, when the love is gone, when the joy is gone and we're, we're just berated over and over again, we've become helpless and therefore we become fearful. 
And then even once all of our power is given back to us, even if we hire the coaches, we get the crystal Reiki and we feel empowered, that innate sense of helplessness, it has to actively be worked through. Otherwise you're just going to not do anything. People go, I can't, I don't understand why I, I can't do anything. I don't understand why I, you know, I make all the plans and I'm not doing anything to make my dreams come true is because they have learned that they're helpless when they're really not. So, yeah. And that comes into empowering like the inner masculine and inner feminine energies yes. within everybody. And, um, also un like unlocking those fears and kind of nurturing them and, and, and supporting the transmutation of them because, helplessness is also coming from like a fear response, at least from my understanding. It's like, for sure, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't know. Cause I don't, the, the helplessness concept is, is so interesting to me. Cause it's like, yes, humans feel helpless, but once you realize that you are not the only thing stopping you from not acting is the fear of acting. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, it, but it's such a complex, such a com complex, you know, the mind, the human mind is a, a fun place to be. <laughs> What would you, what would you say to the, the listeners who are like, but I don't want to manifest anything bad. I'm afraid to manifest something bad. Mm. Well, the very first thing I would say is that bad is a relative term, right? Yep. <laughs> what's, what's bad to me might not seem bad to you. Right. And you know, manifesting, manifesting is always happening. Yes. So would you consider your situation bad now? And maybe they might say yes. Sure. And then I would say, so you already manifested something bad. Then I would kind of throw it back. Right. Okay. Yeah. Little, fair enough. A little bit. But then I would also say um, it's impossible to truly manifest anything horrible because I personally believe that mm -hmm. no matter what the highest good is, it will always happen. Like, so right. I, I use the presidential election as an example, not to go into politics, but, you know, yeah. there's candidate A and candidate B and, you know, you know, one of them wins. And I, oh, I personally believe that that was always the best possible solution because nothing is random and everything is always working out for everyone's highest good. And I believe that for us right. as well. So no matter where you are right now, it is for your highest good, even if it seems really, really bad, horrible. And it, it may, right. it might absolutely be a horrible, horrible situation. I'm not discounting that. Right. I'm just saying that there are, um, there's a reason why, and it's okay to live with it. And to kind of circle back with fear a little bit, the goal is not to disband fear because fear is always going to be there because we're human. Yep. It's, it's just going on despite fear. Kind of like how yes. you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Fear is going to find you at every up level in your life. Yeah. Every time you expand, every time you step out of your comfort zone or do something new, it's going to be there. Um, but I think, yeah, with the, the whole manifesting something bad, like people who have intrusive thoughts are like, oh my God, that's going to manifest. Like intrusive yeah. thoughts don't manifest. Like your no. subconscious manifests, but yes, your, your intrusive <laughs> thoughts that are like saying, God knows what, like stab your hand, your hand with the, the, the knife that you're putting in your jam. Like it's, <laughs> it's not going to manifest just because you had an intrusive thought that is coming from trauma. Um, you know? Mm. So it's such a good point because it is the subconscious that manifests. That's why yeah. you, the fear of feeling unsafe is what's manifesting, not, because you know, subconscious. Exactly. Yeah. So in order to change what you're manifesting, you have to change what's written in the subconscious. So yeah. that's what I would say to anyone who's afraid of manifesting something bad. This is actually a super common fear uh, because, because people believe that they hear your thoughts create your reality and they haven't yet realized that there's a whole other ocean of thoughts behind their ego. So yeah. what they think that whatever their ego thinks is what's manifesting when really it's whatever your subconscious is thinking is what's manifesting. Right. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. And does, does Reiki help clear out the subconscious to, to re and I don't want to say reprogram, but to kind of just clean things up a little. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It helps with that. And um, the coaching aspect with it as well helps that too, because you can't just, you know, give yourself energy healing and just say, I'm healed now. There's got to okay. be an active component yeah. in there. So I like to bring in coaching and crystal Reiki together because the crystal Reiki kind of helps bring forth what needs to be healed. Um, the crystals help us set intentions. Reiki is going where it needs to go. And then we talk about it and then we, we write things. Yeah. Oh, it's the feminine and the masculine yes. bringing the polarity together. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> Absolutely. What are um, the different kind of manifestation techniques that you teach? And have you found that these different techniques, like some work for some people and some don't like does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. So some of the most common things that I do with my people is first, we always examine affirmations. I think that's like the number one uh, thing that people can do right now that makes the biggest difference is changing the thoughts in your head. So that's okay. the number one manifesting technique is taking an audit of what your internal monologue is saying yes. and changing it. The easiest way to do this if you're without a coach is to just state its opposite. So yes. I'm broke turns into I'm rich. And I don't care if it's true or you believe it or not, just do it. <laughs> and yep. you will, it will be amazing. That kind of pulls away from that toxic positivity we were just talking about. If you just, yes. um, you know, work through your, your inner monologue and make it a little bit more supportive. Yeah. Um, another one is journaling. Um, yes. People, this is a pretty polarizing one. Like some people hear journaling and they just, their ears turn off. I know. Which is fine. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, uh, but other people, you know, write, like me, <laughs> write novels basically every day. So, uh, or other people do bullet points. There's lots of different ways to express yourself. When I say journaling, what I really should probably be saying is a physical expression of your emotions in some way. So whether that's art or dance would be awesome. Singing is also, all these things are very grounding. Um, art journals, you know, bullet points, like I mentioned, mm. bullet journaling, writing in a planner, doing little snippets, whatever, whatever yeah. you that helps you get your thoughts out of your head in something that you can hold in your hands. Yes. Like a journal. That's probably just the most approachable one is journaling. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause it's literally bringing the non-physical into the physical and it's helping either release or create. So yes, yes exactly. I'm a huge, I'm a huge proponent of journaling specifically, um, but any sort of written or hand body expression for sure. Yeah. And those feel so good. And you'll be amazed at how much it brings up so you can release. Yeah. And the most underrated manifesting technique I think is decluttering. Um, hey. I say this with a huge stack of stuffed animals in the background <laughs> of my video here. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Sarah and her husband have like a huge Pokemon and it's so cute. And like all these like cute little plush, plush little, yeah. how do you call them? Stuffed animals? Just Plush toys. I, yeah, plushies, stuffies. Yeah, they're so cute. I love them. <laughs> Our daughter loves to play with them. So she, that's oh my that's God. that's like that's like a heaven sent for her. I know she loves it. Oh. But yeah, decluttering is huge. Um, actually, I was decluttering one of my closets the other day because I just got fed up and I felt really stuck and I was like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna go through this closet. And yeah. I cried so hard, not because wow. of like what was in there I was throwing out or anything. I was just it was clearly something that needed to be released. Um, yeah. and then I booked three clients within that same day. So Girl. Okay. I'm telling you, this is a really underrated manifesting technique is having a chuck out. Just get rid of your shit seriously and hey. get rid of it. And don't just leave, leave it like in bags in the, in your house, like within yeah, like 48 hours, get it out of your house, whether that is taking things to pawn shops, just yeah. chucking it in the garbage, giving it away, donating it, just get it out of your life. Yes. It will make room for more things. Yes. That's, that's such a, it's literally like making space in the physical for the universe to bring in new things into the physical. Yeah. And 
those things hold energy. Like they do. That's the one thing. And I know like people are like, well, what if I sage the clothing? It's like, yes, obviously like you can like cleanse it, but there is still on some level an energetic frequency within the clothing item that is holding something from your past. Like, why can't you let it go? If you're not going to like, I don't know, I go to clothes, but like if you're not wearing it and you saged it, why are you keeping it? Like, you know? Oh, I'm about to validate you here. The okay. reason why you thought of clothes is because that was a struggle I just went through yesterday. So I mentioned earlier about my father. Um, I still have probably like a dozen of his sweatshirts and I haven't really worn any of them in a very long time. Yeah. And like several of his sweatpants and stuff. And they're all really ratty and old. And I was like, I, what do I do? I was like a real struggle. It was part of why mm. I was growing. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do, but I uh, kept a couple that i thought were like in still good condition, but I just got rid of the rest of them and I donated them and yeah. now they can go to somebody else in need. And yeah, it felt really good. So yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's why. Absolutely. Oh, but I think that's great because then, you know, like, I don't know, it's like in a way he now gets to like, not him specifically, but there's like care going towards someone else who like, maybe need yeah. to stay warm. Exactly. And they were like thick, warm sweatshirts that, and they're all like old and, you know, man sweatshirts. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I, didn't, I didn't need them. Somebody else needs them. Yeah. And just because I don't have that thing anymore doesn't mean that he's not in my life. Like he's one of my Reiki guys. He's there with me doing Reiki. There you so go. I don't need those sweatshirts, right? Yeah. No. And that's just the human, right? The human self that is like yes. a memory of, of, you know, my, my loved ones. So, which is yeah. a totally okay thing too. It's Absolutely. the process. Um, what advice would you give like a beginner manifester, someone who's like, I have heard this word going off on TikTok and on this podcast. What is it? What do I do? Like, what are my first three steps? So to begin manifesting, the first thing you need to do, everyone's going to hate me, but the <laughs> first thing you need to do is meditate. If you do not have a consistent meditation practice, like don't even come to me. <laughs> Literally, like you're not ready. <laughs> no, you are singing the right words here on this podcast because I'm so, I, yeah, I agree completely. Medita <laughs> meditation and journaling. Yes. Yep. Meditation <laughs> and expression of some kind. Yes. If you are not meditating at least five days a week for 10 consecutive minutes, that's where you need to start. And okay. I realize that that's a really big overwhelming thing, but at this point there is no excuse. Um, there is ample scientific evidence and ancient evidence of yes. meditation essentially being the elixir of life. Like I'm not going to preach all a bunch of studies, but there are more <laughs> than enough studies that you can go and find on your own. Um, there so are. at this, at this point, just, you have no reason not to do it. It literally reverses aging on your brain people. So in your, in your brain, in your cells, high performance athletes, like NHL players, FIFA players, they all meditate several times a week before games and they play better. It's been statistically documented. Yep. Like, Meditate. Steve Jobs was a total avid meditator and yep. he he said that he got his ideas for the iPhone from God like so meditation is very important yes. and i and it kind of begs the question like why is there so much resistance to meditation like why do people go well, how do i start manifesting and then you they get the answer and they're not happy about it because I, I think, think they're okay. You, yeah. You tell me. I think, that. I think yeah. we're on the same, the same yeah. wavelength. It's because I think people intuitively understand that there are expansion opportunities it within that practice and they're afraid. It's all circles back. It circles back to fear. Yes. We intuitively understand that meditation is going to uncork those fears and we're afraid. Yes. yes. They're afraid to meet their mind. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. That's a great way of saying it. Yep. That's what it is. Every single client I've seen is like, no, I'm feeling resistance at some point in the gym. I'm like, yeah, what are you afraid to see in there? What are you afraid to hear in there? Yeah. That's what it is. Especially well, if you wear really thick glasses, I really need you to meditate. 
<laughs> Wait, like, like, are you meaning like literal? Like, uh-huh. okay, go into that. Because what? that is a physical manifestation of you refusing to see something. If you have a really bad hearing, that is a physical manifestation of you refusing to hear something. Every part of your body represents an inner belief of some kind. And this is one of the reasons why Reiki is so powerful because it targets those areas and it exposes those limiting beliefs that are manifesting as ailments in your body. And then we work through them. Wow. Yeah. That's like mind blowing. I never would have, I have never put that together with like vision and hearing. You're refusing to see or hear something. Shit. Yeah. If you have a really raspy voice. If you have a lot of throat problems, like tonsils, um, you know, anything with the mouth, you need, you are the one that needs to pick up the journal and start journaling. You need to express and be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Speak your truth. Yeah. So think of those areas in your body that have ailments. This is the other, to answer your question, the other place I would advise a beginner to start is look at where the ailments are in your body. Okay. And start there because that is the spiritual spotlight. That's the universe saying you need to look here. Interesting. And what if it's not in like any of the like five senses? What if their ailments are like in their joints or like their knee or their foot? Absolutely. What does that mean? So, okay. We'll use joints specifically. Joints represent flexibility. Um, So if you have a lot of joint pain, I would advise being a little bit more flexible with life. Feet um, often represent grounding. So being a little bit more grounded and supported as well. So you find a back also represents support. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, if you think about it logically, like what, what does this part of my body represent? Like, so feet are are physically holding us up. Our joints physically bend us around. um, And they are the reason why we can move around. Uh, So yeah, five senses are really, I think those are the easy ones. Yeah. Your physical, um, like, let's just say you have actual diseases that have been diagnosed. If you really want to dig into like, what could this possibly represent? I highly suggest uh, the book, You Can Heal Your Body by Louise Hay. You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. She has um, a lot of really good starting points to like, look like, oh, I have a headache. What could this possibly be? Yes. It's like a whole reference guide in her book. Yeah, absolutely. Because these things aren't coincidental. We don't believe in randomness. No, everything has an energetic starting point. You just got to you know, move through it all and and kind of get to the root of it. Yeah. And this is the type of work that I do with people. Like I help them find their spiritual spotlights because a lot of people are often blind to it too, especially if it's a chronic thing. Like for example, I have chronic hip pain and it's so easy for me to just write it off. But I know that that's, you know, me holding on to tension and refusing to walk forward, (laughs) like physically move forward. So whoa, when it flares up, I know that that's the universe telling me or my soul self, however you want to see it as that's them going like, Hey, this is what you need to pay attention to because your body is a signal. It's not just a meat sack holding your soul. It it can do so much more than that. It feels like it sometimes, but there's so much more going on. Especially when I run up the stairs, it really feels like a meat sack. (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay. So for beginner manifestors, meditate, have some form of expression. What else? Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to your body. Spotlights. Uh, spiritual spotlights. Yeah. Spiritual spotlights. Okay. And just go where you're gravitating towards. Like if you want to pick up a crystal, just do it. You don't have to know the reason. I'm sure you can relate to this too. Like oh, a yeah, lot just... of the guidance we get, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. It's honestly, it's like, it's all, it's all just from source. And sometimes you just can't make sense of it. And with crystals, I don't think I've ever gone into a crystal shop and been like, I'm going to get this crystal. It's been like, I'm just going to go in and see where my hands go. Like yeah. they're going to pick for me. That's um, the fun. Yeah, definitely a good time. Um, what would you want people who are interested in doing crystal Reiki with you, wanting to manifest with you? What would you want them to know before their first session? 
Yeah. I would want them to just know that they have to come with an open heart and to be open to their experiences and to what might possibly manifest. Don't be so gung-ho about your specific intentions because you have to allow the universe room to work its magic. So yeah. just allow your session to be what it's going to be. Um, don't say, I want to specifically talk to this person because you that you might, it might right. be disappointed. So right. just let it be what it's meant to be. And that is what will make it as impactful as it could possibly be. And when you come to a session, I'm sure you can agree with this, but when you come to a session, spirit will tell you what you want to know. It does not matter what your question is. If there oh, is yes. something that's really pressing, the universe will make sure that you know what it is. So yeah. don't feel like like you have to write things down or um, yeah. you have to you know grapple at everything. That's like your one opportunity to get answers. No, spirit will make sure that you know what you need to know and just trust that that will happen. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to make sure that you, you receive it in a way that you're ready to receive it too. Exactly. Because they know where your blinders are. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I love that. Is there anything else that you would want listeners to know about crystal Reiki or do you feel like we've covered it? I feel like we've really covered it. Like you can, uh, yeah. You can really combine any crystals with any Reiki. Like there's this, not, I, okay. I do have one actually. Okay. The number one thing I want people to understand is that this is 100% totally safe. There's okay. no way any of this can harm you. Crystals are not, unless you're like licking them and trying to eat them, I guess, they will not cause you harm. Uh, <laughs> well, because I think she's saying this, guys, because some crystals actually have like toxic properties. Yes, on them, absolutely. So, like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do yeah. that. But if you're just holding on to a crystal, it's not going to hurt you. If it's just in your vicinity, it's not going to hurt you. If you're asking God to send you Reiki, there, it is impossible to do harm. So don't okay. be afraid because it's just all beautiful, it's all know, especially for healing. those people who resonated with our religious concepts. Uh, conversation in the beginning. Right. If that's kind of where you are right now and you're feeling afraid of it, just know that it is impossible for God to be evil. Like there's no such thing. Literally. So it's all literally. love. It's all literally love. the core frequency of the universe that the universe was built off of is unconditional love. That's the bare right. truth of the matter. So I love that. My final question for you that I ask all guests when they come on the podcast is um, what is one limiting belief about yourself that you had to let go of to get to where you are now? Mm. Mm. I know that I would probably <laughs> say I'm still working on this one, but I would probably say the biggest roadblock has been thinking that things had to be hard because, and I, Ooh. I picked this up from my lovely mother who taught me oh. all this amazing psychic <laughs> medium stuff. She used to always say that this is hard. Nothing's ever easy. And I, I picked that up. And right. I realized that like, I don't want things to be hard. I want things to be easy. So that's the biggest limiting belief that I've worked through that I'm still continuing to work through is believing okay. that things are easy. And, and so it is. And so, so it is. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to be easy because source can help you make it easy. So. Exactly. Like there's, I don't have to suffer to grow. No, that's a huge human collective unconscious wound that is that is that I think every single human has to work through. I think that's the one that is pulling me most right now. That's the one I'm trying to work on right now. Yeah. That limiting belief. And the more the collective works on it, you phrased it perfectly. Like we don't yeah. have to. Yeah. No, I love that. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you so much for answering and being vulnerable and um, for sharing. I would love your... to know what your answer is. What's your biggest limiting belief? The, the one that like the, my current one or the one that I had to break to get here? Ooh, the one you had to break. Um, that I 
wasn't capable. Mm. Capability. Yeah. Like who am I, who am I to do this? Who am I to be this? Who am I to be capable of doing what I do? That was the, yeah. That was clearly broken that one. I have. Yeah. (laughs) It it creeps up every now and again. My ego goes, but are we? And I'm like, oh, love you. Shut up. And you're like, bye, Felicia. No, yeah. thank you. Seriously. <laughs> Go back to the 3D. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> love her so much. But Sarah, thank you so much for joining me and teaching everyone about crystal Reiki manifestation and your psychic abilities. Where can everyone find you? Thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity to chat. Of course. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, come and listen to the Spiritually Inspired Podcast. I would love to have you. Have you. We come out with new episodes filled with manifesting and mindfulness and magic on Fridays. Um, occasionally there's bonus episodes too. Come listen to Mads over there. She did beautiful, an amazing Thanks. episode about soul contracts. That was awesome. So Thanks. yeah, come check out the Spiritually Inspired Podcast. Amazing. I will have that link below for for you guys who are interested. And yeah, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Of course.